Welcome to C3 Church Tugra. You're about to hear a message from Pastor Garth Ball. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. having this this sense of giving God a go this morning. I mean, you can sit there and you can just get through or you can give this a go. Why don't you give the Word of God a go this morning? This might be a, a moment that gives you a bit of strength, a bit of impartation of God's presence to get you through the year even, maybe the week, maybe the rest of the day, whatever you need. But God, we just thank you this morning. God, that you're here. God, that you're with us. God, that you're for us. God, we thank you for your presence that dwells in your house. Just like Ev said, better is one day, one day in your house, God, than a thousand anywhere else. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. this morning. God, I pray you'd find a church this morning, desperate, lost without you, God, but in you found, alive, set free. God, bless, bless, and highly favored. God, we thank you. We ask that you would speak to us this morning. God, through your word, you'd make it alive in our hearts. God, we open our hearts to you right now. In the name of Jesus, we pray and we thank you, Lord. Amen. Wonderful. Why don't you grab a seat? Touch the person next to you and say, I'm so glad I'm sitting next to you. I believe Beck's going to stay with me for the long haul. Jeff, you can do as you wish. It's always blessed, but you can feel free to sit down. Ah, fantastic. Well, good morning. Wonderful to see you. You made it to church, which is one of the best decisions you've made this week, possibly this year. Uh, and I'm believing it's going to be a great time for you. You've joined us in a series called The Awakening, which is something that really sums up the heart of our church in a lot of ways. This is a place where 
really, it's really difficult to sit in this church for a period of time and stay where you are, to stay contained, to stay maybe a little bit sleepy, maybe a little bit on the outer with God. It's very difficult for you to sit in your chair and uh, not be challenged to maybe move forward, to be awakened to the things of God in your world. I know that was my experience. I'm so thankful that Pastor Phil and Julie uh, continually challenge us. And I know when I first came in, it's a man of no vision, man full of fear, man just not doing anything significant in life. And, you know, with the, to- the encouragement and the challenging of Pastor Phil and Julie to get into God and get stirred up in Him, uh, I'm not much better, but I'm a little bit better than what I used to be. So uh, praise God for that. Stop it, please. Uh, and so, you know, what a great series. I, I am praying and believing that this morning is going to be a word for someone I just want to encourage you. Uh, staying awake is a beautiful thing, is it not? Uh, sometimes, some, most of our youth will not agree. They're not here this morning. They're in bed. But we, um, Jamie and I went away to Melbourne for New Year's, uh, New Year's, just for 10 days, and we were staying in a, in a place. And just on the corner was one of four live sites for the New Year's Eve celebration. And it was great. Like, we were there. We were like, this is going to be amazing. All you have to do is walk out of our hotel go into the park, and, and it was good. So we went there at 9.30, but there was nothing happening. So I, it, was, it was pretty quiet at that stage. I said, we've got to go back to the room. I can't sit here in this park just doing nothing for two hours. And so Jamie was on the phone to a friend, and I was watching the Big Bash or the tennis. I can't remember. It was a great night either way. Who's loving the Big Bash and the tennis? Uh, and I was sitting on the bed, but, and I started getting a little dozy. It was 10.30, and so... And Jamie was the same. She got off the phone, and so we set the. I said, "Look, just in case, I'm going to set the alarm for a quarter to twelve, because it's always, uh, you know, uh, a not greater situation when you lie down. I'm, I fall asleep straight away. I don't know about you. So, uh, unfortunately, Apple let me down, and I woke up at twelve thirty, and tapped Jamie on the shoulder. Said, "Oi." Showed her the phone. I didn't have any words to explain what had happened. And I think after about the 2nd of January, we started speaking again. And um, she let me back into the hotel room. And it wasn't too bad. It wasn't too bad. We got away with it. But, but staying awake is, is a beautiful thing. And, and obviously, we're speaking about staying awake spiritually. And uh, that is the place that God has called us to live in. A place of being awake to Him. Uh, so often, I don't know about you, I find it so challenging a lot of the time to make that happen in my world. Life happens, stuff happens, and Christians all over the world find it hard to stay alive, to stay awake. But our very position in God is one of life and of energy. Uh, Romans 6 says, consider yourself dead to sin and alive to Christ. Uh, Ephesians says we've been made alive in Him. Uh, Ephesians 5 says that uh, Paul uses the what has happened to us as Christians as uh, he says, wake, O sleeper, Pastor Phil put on Facebook this morning, uh, and rise from the dead. He, he's saying that we, we have awoken from, a, from not just a sleep, but a death in Christ. And, and that, is the, that is what he has done in us, and that's what he wants us to experience in our world and in our walk with him. It's not like we're made alive in Christ and then we fall asleep until we meet with him again. No, 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 we live a life that is empowered, that is... Um, that is energized, that is vigorous, that is fervent, that, that is contagious. And I'm telling you, you need, the world needs you to live like that. Uh, unfortunately, I hate to say it, I, I don't want to be 
I'm, this isn't going to be an in-your-face message, but the world doesn't need a sleepy Christian. And, and we haven't used the term sleepy Christian for probably a decade. It's, that's not cool anymore, but, um, but the world doesn't need that. I was just speaking with someone and witnessing with them about a friend about, about Jesus uh, just this week. And I thought, man, I'll, when I was speaking to him, I thought I'm the only person probably uh, in the next year short of God putting someone else in his path that is, that is going to have the opportunity to speak to him. And if I'm sleeping through those moments, then I'm ineffective for this world. And um, sure, I know Jesus and I might get some goosebumps on Sunday, but there's a high, whole much more, a higher calling that God has called us to to influence people. And I just think it's a time we need, we need to be just ready for everything that God has for us. And so to do that and to help you with that this morning, I just want to read from uh, Psalm verse 57. I have it on the screen. And let's just go through. We're going to read through the whole lot eventually and just see what David is saying in this psalm. And so why don't we just get straight into it? It says, Have mercy on me, my God, have mercy on me, for in you I take refuge. I will take refuge in the shadow of your wings under the, uh, until the disaster has passed. I cry out to God most high, to God who vindicates me. He sends from heaven and saves me, rebuking those who hotly pursue me. God sends forth his love and his faithfulness. In the midst of lions, I am forced to dwell among ravenous beasts, men whose teeth are spears and arrows, whose tongues are sharp swords. Now, let me just pause there for a second and give you some perspective. Not going to be a whole bunch of teaching here, but let me just help you. When you're reading a psalm, it's really good to know the situation that the writer was in when they're going through it. Otherwise, you read that and you go, so what? Like, so what? Whatever. But this was written in a very difficult time for David. Uh, he'd been anointed as a future king and everything looked bright. And all of a sudden, we, we know the story. If you don't know the story, I encourage you in your own time to go and read 1 Samuel chapter 17 through to 30 and read the story of David and Saul. But he comes to a point where the leader in his world decides to kill him, try to kill him. And I don't know if you've ever had that. I haven't uh, yet. And it's um, not a great situation. I think sometimes we read the word and the difficult situations in the people's lives, as we read it, it almost seems we don't get the gravity of what, what that person would be facing at that time. Like if my story was written in the Bible... Uh, it would, people would brush over and say I had the best life in the world. It'd be like, oh, a few people said some nasty things about Garth and, and he, he, had, he was a bit low on income uh, a few weeks in a row and, you know, someone crashed into his car and still hasn't fixed it. That's the extent of my troubles. But in the world, like, these guys are facing significant things. This guy's been hounded and he's saying that these men, he, this, he feels like he's, um, these men whose teeth are spears and arrows and tongues are sharp swords and, and Saul who's, who's hotly pursuing him and, and he's here in this place, he's in a cave. He's run away to, to save his life, he's in a cave and he's at the end of himself. And, he's, and, he, and, he, and he writes this psalm. So let's just read the next couple of verses and then we'll continue. Uh, be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. They spread a net for my feet. I was bowed down in distress. They dug a pit in my path, but they have fallen into it themselves. Now, this verse here is the one that I want to point out. In the New Living Translation, it says, I, was, I, am, I am weary from distress. As soon as I read that verse, I knew the word that the Lord had for this church this morning. 
and it's always a good thing. It just came alive to me along with some other things. And, 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 and my point is this. I'm going to tell you straight up what I want to achieve this morning. I want people who had a tough 2013 to find a freshness in God, uh, people who, have had, who are feeling weary from distress, from a difficult circumstance, from a challenge in your world, that there would be something that shifts on the inside this morning. I don't know what's going to shift on the outside of your world, but on the inside, something can shift that can change everything for you this morning. Um, he says, they dug a pit in my path, but they have fallen into it themselves. I'm weary from distress. I tell you what, there's a whole bunch of reasons Christians get a little bit sleepy, get a little bit uh, you know, down in the dumps a bit, maybe not as awake to God as maybe they would have liked to. And one of those is without a doubt a really tough challenge in their world. And I don't know about you, but 2013 was a little bit difficult. I mean, I, my, personally, I had a bit of a difficult 2013. As always with God, there is incredible blessing and incredible favor and incredible breakthrough and incredible growth, but always comes with a bit of both. And I don't know why you're, you know, who you are, all of you today. I don't know what, how you're sitting here in your chair today. I don't know what circumstances have led you to be where you are right now. But I am assuming, based on what I'm feeling God for me to share, is that there's some people in here this morning that have had a bit of a rough one themselves in 2013. That maybe it wasn't, uh, uh, you know, maybe you, you finished on, maybe not the best note, you finished on a note that was a bit, uh, took your energy away, took your awake, awakenedness away, took your, your fervor away, took your, your zeal away, made you a little bit just like, man, this is a bit difficult. And so this morning... I want to uh, encourage you and help you do that. Let's just have a look at a couple of examples to let you know that I'm not lying to you. First is this, this uh, the Garden of Gethsemane. You, he, you'll remember that. Um, let's just read it together. Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives and his disciples followed him. On reaching the place, he said to them, pray that you will not fall into temptation. He withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them. He knelt down and prayed, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. An angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. And being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly. We might come back to that one uh, later on. That's incredible. And, he, and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. When he rose from prayer and went back to the disciples, he found them asleep, exhausted from sorrow. They didn't just have a big night. They didn't have too much communion uh, they were exhausted because of the situation at hand. It was a bit overwhelming for them. Uh, you will remember Elijah when he was running for his life from Jezebel and she was trying to kill him. Um, I have it written down here what it said. I don't think I have it on my iPad. I got this one this morning. Uh, no, let's just turn there in the good old-fashioned Bible. 1 Kings 19. Jezebel's trying to kill him. He runs away few people turning there, give you a moment. Actually, I'm not. I'm going to keep going. It says, he came to a broom tree, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. That's a pretty significant down, down day. Uh, I have had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the tree and fell asleep. So there's something about us as humans when we go through uh, a difficulty that we maybe just want to give up rather than step up and lay down a little bit rather than get the fight on the inside. Somewhat like when I played my friend at golf on Friday afternoon and he was beating me and I had a hole where I hit 12 shots uh, to actually get the ball in the hole. 
It was a par three. No, it wasn't. But uh, anyway, not many golfers in here, so all good. Um, and and I just I was just down. I was just down. Yeah. yeah. Who is? Oh, oh no, terrible. Uh, three lessons later, hopefully. No practice. No, no. There was plenty of practice, plenty of warm up, and still I was terrible. And I just I just lost it. I just lost it. Like, oh, last few holes, just hitting it. Whatever. Happy Gilmore's and all sorts of things because. When we're, when we're challenged, we're too, it's too easy to just go, you know what, I just, need to, I just need to chill out. I just need to rest. Let me tell you something, but God has two remedies for you when you're feeling tired. One is rest, one is strength. And rest isn't laying down and doing nothing and bowing out of the game and taking time out from God. Unfortunately, when you signed up for a relationship with Jesus, uh, you, there's no annual leave from your, your walk with Him. I just, I've enjoyed some annual leave. There's no annual leave. If you are looking at your walk with him as uh, something where you can take annual leave, then you're probably viewing uh, your relationship with him in a completely wrong perspective. But no matter what's going on in your world, no matter what situation is happening, God has called you to be in him. Yes, there's rest in that, absolutely. But, more, but, but even this morning, I really focus on that strength word. You know, rest is great, but strength is another thing. Sometimes we think rest, let's just rest and, and not do anything. But, but often, actually, Jesus is calling us to have strength to get up, to keep going, and walk forward. Because uh, you'll notice in the Garden of Gethsemane, here we go, he said, why are you sleeping? He didn't say, oh, you poor things, you've had a really difficult time. I mean, I'm not experiencing anything myself. I'm the one who's dying, you clowns. Like, you know, what are you worrying about? Um, but he said, why are you sleeping? Get up and pray. Now's not the time to just give up and, and go to sleep. Now's the time to stir yourself up, get alive in me. Uh, when Elijah went down to sleep, what did God say? He said, get up and eat. He said, come on, get up and eat. Get the Word of God into you. Eat the Word, pray. Um, and, and David was probably the master at learning how to do this. But let's just go back and finish off this verse and see what David does because it's quite, quite cool. So he had that first part of the psalm. Let's read the second part. He says, My heart, O God, is steadfast. My heart is steadfast. Um, I will sing and make music. Now this is the one we want to look at. Awake, my soul. Awake, harp and lyre. I will awaken the dawn. I will praise you, Lord, among the nations. I'll sing of you among the peoples. For great is your love reaching to the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the skies. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. You see, David knew something, and he had this thing on the inside where he could actually get himself into a place where he was awakened to God. See, Jesus told the disciples, get up. God told Elijah, get up. David said to himself, awake my soul, which is an incredible thing. He said, awake my soul. Um, In another time, he was going through another difficult time, and and, uh, one of the New King James versions says, and Dave, but David strengthened himself in the Lord. You see, we must be able to uh, be people who can find strength for ourselves and strengthen ourselves in the Lord. People who can actually speak to ourselves and say, Awake my soul. So here's the, th- here's the thing when you think of being awoken to God, there's a whole bunch of words that you can think of, right? All the ones I've mentioned passion, you know, energy, fervor, revival would be one, um, passion, you know, all these, all these great things. But this is what I feel. Let's think, think, think about revival for a second. 
There's a difference between having a revival and living revived. Right. You've got to get this. Because heaps of people have, have experienced a revival all throughout the history of the world. Experienced a period of time where God had done a, an Elijah, come on, get up. God had woken up a bunch of people and said, come on, let's go. You can do this. Let's go again. And that's wonderful. But do you know the problem is when the motivation comes from God or from someone else or from the outside is that so often us being humans is that it doesn't have the shift on the inside that we need to live in that place. So revival come, revival go, and then we're back in the cycle like it's always been. Uh, and so we don't need to live a revi- have a revival that is motivated from the outside. We need to live revived that is motivated from the inside. You see... You see, God doesn't need, uh, you don't need a revival to live in revival, right? I believe that although in the past seven years, there has not been what anyone would probably call a, a revival, that I can safely say without any boasting that I've lived revival for the past seven years. I've lived in a personal state of being revived for the past seven years, without a doubt, because just like David, I've found a way I'm not saying it's been easy or I'm perfect or I'm Jesus or anything like that. I'm just saying that there's, there's a place that you can find where you can learn how to stir yourself up, where you can get, like David did and said, awake my soul. You put yourself in the right places, around the right people, doing the right thing, and you'll find sooner or later that something will shift on the inside of you and you'll come out of a place of despair, out of a place of weariness, out of a place of tiredness, and all of a sudden, you're going to be in the presence of God, feeling God around your world. I've experienced this week after Melbourne. Honestly, let's be honest. I come back from Melbourne, 10 days off, eating, seeing movies, shopping, just doing whatever. And I honestly, when I found out I'm preaching today, which is probably in favor for you because I had to get something, I had nothing. I, I really had nothing. I said, yeah, I'll preach in anticipation that God would show me what he wanted to preach. I had, there was not one scripture in the word that was coming alive to me. There was not one prayer that I prayed that I just that just took me out of this world and into another. Um, but but over the past week, I've just been looking at the Word, just asking God, just just getting up, praying, and seeking God, and and speaking over my life, and and just you know asking Him what He wants to do in our, in our church this weekend, and and just asking Him to show me His Word. Nothing worse than a preacher getting up giving their word. Just, God, what's Your word for today? And I'll tell you what I'm. I'm feeling the presence of God like I haven't for a long time this morning and, and this, yesterday and just going through a normal day. There's a place that if you position yourself in God, if you will take the steps to get yourself before God, the Bible says if you draw near to Him, He will draw near to you. That's a promise. That is a promise from the throne of God to your life that if you draw near to Him, He will draw near to you. Now, I don't know if your circumstance will change this year. I would love to say that it will and I believe Entire, I do believe that that will happen for some people, but it would be foolish of me to get up here and promise that for everyone. That's not a promise that your circumstance will change. But what is a promise is that if you will allow God to get on the inside of you and bring awakening on the inside, then I guarantee that a circumstance won't matter in your world, that you'll be stirred up, that you'll be fresh, that you'll be ready to give 
uh, encouragement in season. You'll be ready to evangelize in season, share the good news in season, no matter what's going on in your world. Just like Joseph, when he was in prison and he's going through it. And then there's the butler and the baker and he says, they've said, I've had a dream. And he says, you know, tell me your dream. I'd love to hear it. He wasn't bitter. He wasn't depressed. He wasn't discouraged. He was ready in and out of season to do the work of God because he was living in a place that was revived in God. And that is our challenge that this year, no matter what happened last year, no matter what's going on in your world, that a circumstance will only hold you down if you let it. But you have everything that you need. You have the same power that raised Christ from the dead living in you, that you can speak to your soul. Say, awake my soul, awake my soul, coming alive, making a difference for Jesus, which is good. So um, that's one thing I wanted to say about being awake. There's only one or two others. I love this. So that, let's, that's that one. Let's have a look at this one. Awake, harp, and lyre. Now, I feel like this is a word for some people. That the harp and the lyre were the instruments of worship for David. One of the great pictures, I think, of an intimacy walking with Jesus is David in the fields worshipping on his instruments. Pastor Phil said that for a long time. In fact, when I think about how I want to know him, I want to know him like that. I want to, sometimes I picture myself standing out here on the church ground like that, just no lights, no microphone, no music, just with God, not needing anything to stir myself up extrinsically, but just the presence of God in my world. And to David, we know he was a worshiper. He knew God. He, he'd won victories his whole life. He, he, he drew near to God. He had a, had a great heart, a heart after God. But somewhere along the line, He'd put down those things that he used to worship God. The difficult circumstances caused him to lose his worship a little bit. Sure, he's still in it. He's there. He's, he's around God. He's like, God, I'm believing you. And that's faith, man. You can't just, you got to, even when you're not feeling anything, you've got to hold on and, and just believe God and call out to him. But, but David, had somewhere along the line, put down his worship. He put down that thing by which he drew near to God. So not only did he say, awake my soul, but he said, awake harp and lyre. Those things that, I used, to, that used to be the instruments of my worship. Maybe it's your songwriting. Maybe it's your, your prayer life. Maybe it's your, your, mess, your preaching. Maybe it's your whatever, I don't know. But the thing which you have put down, which you have let go, maybe it's your gift. Pastor Julie is going to talk about, I think, is that still happening? Fanning the flame of God on your lifetime. You need to be here for that. Maybe it was your gift, whatever it is. Maybe it's a gift of prophecy. You've put it down. Maybe it's a gift of interpreting tongues. If you've got that, take it back up. That would be handy today. But, um, you know, whatever it is, why don't you speak to that thing? Take it up again. Say, awake, harp and lyre. Awake songwriting. Awake worship. Awake prayer. Awake the word. Wake it up in your world, that thing by which you can draw near to God. And um, the... Last thing that I want to say about that, about this is, I will awaken the dawn. Now, David was in a place, I don't think that means I'm going to get up in the morning and I'm going to feel a million dollars and I'm just going to be so energetic like Evan in the morning. So Evan in the morning, we've all heard, that is more energy even in the morning than he does right now. And when he was staying with us for a short period of time, Jamie and I would be at the kitchen, the kitchen table just having breakfast eyes closed. I don't really remember it. It was too early in the morning. And, but then Ev would come down and say, hey guys, how's it going? Uh, it's going to be a great day, isn't it? I'm like, yeah, yeah, why not? Whatever. Yeah, cool. But I don't think David necessarily, um, necessarily means that 
But he's, I think he was saying, you know what, no matter what's going on in my world, I'm going to awaken this morning with my song. I'm going to praise him. I'm going to worship him. I'm going to get up. I'm not going to be held back. I'm going to make a determined decision in my world that I'm going to get up and I'm going to awaken the whole world. Then he goes, let the whole, I think he said, be exalted over all the nations and let the, let the nations, you know, sing of you. And, and he's just like, man, I'm just so pumped up. Everyone's going to hear about it. I'm going to go out. I'm going to sing. I'm going to worship. And uh, you know what? There's nothing. Let me tell you this right now. There's nothing in your year this year that needs to take priority in your world whether you are doing it in the morning or the night. I'm not one of the people that say you have to do it in the morning, though I have switched that way. Um, I think it's great to do it in the morning. Whatever time of the day you do it, you need to get aside with Jesus. You need to get aside with Him. Go read Mary and Martha afresh. said, Martha, you're distracted about many things. The many things. Mary has chosen the best thing, the one thing, and that is what He's after. We need to choose the one thing. I don't care how busy you are. I don't care what your circumstance is at home. So I'm not yelling at you and giving you a lecture, but, um, but, but this year, you need to make it a priority to, to awaken the, the door and let your prayers in the morning, even if they're not powerful, at least if they're like, oh God, help me this morning, whatever, that's awakening the dawn. People will hear that. Demons will hear that and they'll flee. God will hear that and you'll draw near. Just whatever you can do, we need to get aside with Him. You need to awaken the dawn in your own world. Why don't we just stand up this morning? Um, there is, I just want to give you this one scripture um, we can get the band, except that drummer, he's terrible, so everyone else can get up. We'll have him in a little while. Um, let me just read you a scripture. This is a word that I feel like when I was away in Melbourne, I was spending some time in prayer on New Year's Day, New Year's Eve, I can't remember which one, it doesn't matter for you. Um, and I felt, I said, God, give me a word for this, for this year, give me a word for this season. And Isaiah 40 verse 31 came to my mind. And as that came to my mind, I didn't know, like it wasn't exactly what I was expecting. Uh, and, but when I read it, I knew it was for me. But when I was preparing this message and that scripture jumped out of me, I was reminded of this one. I feel like this is a, a word for people as well. You've heard it before, but may you not hear it before. I pray that it would jump out at you. Um, I actually have it on here. Does that still work? Maybe not. Does this still work? Sorry, if it does, it doesn't. Um, it, I'm praying that it will jump out at you this morning. Great. And uh, why don't we just read it together? Let's read from verse 28. Do you not know, have you not heard, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and His understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary. My goodness, how good is that? And increases the power of the weak. Man, I'm glad he does that. Even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. And this is the, the promise, the, the word for us. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run. Just know that you will run. You might have felt like you can't run again. You might feel like you can't walk again. But he says they will run. Not only will you run, but you will not grow weary. Not only will you walk, but you will not be faint. That is incredible news in my eyes. That this year, you don't have to think, how am I going to do this? How am I going to go through this again? How am I going to go again? How am I going to go another year in this? The Bible says, you will run. You will walk. And you will have the strength and the power from the Holy Spirit that you need to accomplish that. Um, and I think that'll do. There's a whole bunch of other scriptures. You can go read about the strength of God and, and how He does that in our world. It's um, pretty good. But in the last 
five minutes, I just want to pray for you. Uh, where you are. If you could all close your eyes, that would be fantastic. Now, if you're here for the first time, I just want to let you know that I'm telling you, this world, this life without Jesus, the more I see it, the more I meet people, good people that are close to me, you can't do this life without Jesus. I would never, ever go back to a life without Jesus, no matter what happens in my world. It's a scary thing to say, but I just know that even the worst with God is better than the best without Him. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.